Well, good morning, Res. Uh, if you don't know who I am, if you're new here, my name is Father Ryan. I'm the acting rector here at Resurrection South Austin. Uh, we're just so glad you're here worshiping with us this morning, uh, especially if you're new. If you're new, we would love to get to know you after the service. We'll talk about this later, too, but uh, just glad that you're with us and worshiping with us. We'll connect with you after the service, for sure. Uh, we are here on our 12th Sunday of Pentecost. Today marks the halfway point of our season of ordinary time, that great green growing days of ordinary time, where we place this special emphasis on what does it mean to follow Jesus and his kingdom in the world. And can you believe it? We are in our last week of this sabbatical season. It still blows my mind a little bit that we've made it this far, about four months almost, uh, and so for some of you who might have just started coming to Res back in May, like four months ago, you've never even met Father Sean. That's like a long time. That's crazy to me. But yeah, here we are nearing the end of this sabbatical season. Father Sean will be returning to work this week, Thursday, and we'll be slowly reintegrating into life here at Res again. You'll hear more about this this week. We'll be sending out information in the newsletter, just keeping you updated about all that. But we're really excited for Father Sean and, and the McCain family to be back with us. And we are going to continue today in our, uh, re, our, our series. It's not really a series. It's a, a, a reading through the Gospel of Luke during this season of Ordinary Time. We find ourselves uh, hearing from uh, Luke as he writes about Jesus, as he uh, sets his face to Jerusalem as he follows this journey uh, towards the cross. He has set his face resolutely, as it says in the book, uh, towards this city that represents the people of God, Jerusalem. Jesus was going to his people, in other words, to save them. And all along the way on this journey to Jerusalem, we witness here in Luke that Jesus essentially did what he said he was going to do all the way back in the synagogue in Nazareth at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. The blind and the sick have been healed. Literally just moments before our reading today, in the very room that are the scene that takes place in the passage for this morning, like just moments before Jesus heals a man. He was announcing and fulfilling the kingdom of God in their very midst. All along the way here, as we read through the Gospel of Luke, we, we encountered this Jesus uh, with people. He would often pause on his journey and spend time with people. Sometimes he would spend time with the crowds, right? Either healing or teaching or feeding them, right? Sometimes he would spend time with people in the various towns that he came across. And sometimes it was just him and his disciples, but often we see Jesus with people. And every once in a while, Jesus has a, a special encounter with people in the Gospel of Luke. In our reading for today, it says in verse 1 that it says, on one occasion. That's like the, the very first line in, in, in our, our chapter today. It says, on one occasion. So in other words, Luke is telling us, let me tell you about this one time that Jesus went and had dinner with the leader of the Pharisees. This was a big deal. Because the Pharisees had a unique influence in the kind of socio-religious environment in Israel at the time. The Pharisees were, a, a, they represented many of those who were in leadership in Israel. And this house that Jesus went to was a leader of the Pharisees. This was an important occasion of Jesus with people. 
We've seen over the course of the Gospel of Luke that Jesus' popularity was increasing in the land. And he had most definitely gotten the attention of the leaders of the people of Israel. So the Pharisees, he's gotten their attention. And given what we know from the Gospels, it was pretty clear that the Pharisees at this point in the story, they had no idea what to do with Jesus. Just a chapter, chapter earlier in chapter 14, it says they were trying to convince Jesus to flee because Herod was going to kill him. They wanted to protect Jesus. And then just a chapter later, in, in Luke 15, we find the Pharisees grumbling about Jesus. So they don't know what to do with him, right? It's probably safe to say that the Pharisees were a mixed bag when it came to their understanding of who Jesus was and why he was there. So it seems fitting in our reading for this morning from the Gospel of Luke that Jesus finds himself at the house of the leader of the Pharisees, and Luke tells us that they were watching him closely. The Pharisees, the leaders, they were watching Jesus closely. Eugene Peterson's reflection says, all the guests had their eyes on him, watching his every move. This reminds me of the story of Jesus actually back in the synagogue in Nazareth. If you remember, when he spoke from the, the, in the synagogue, when he, when he stood up, he spoke from the scroll of Israel. He read from that about the good news of the kingdom of God. He rolled it up, set it down, sat, sat down, and what, and what did it say in the Gospel of Luke? It said, all the eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Jesus' message of the kingdom of God breaking into the world was a captivating message. People didn't know what to do with it. Because the good news of the kingdom was a, best, uh, was a message of both blessing and judgment, right? It was a message of both blessing and judgment, healing and justice, grace and truth. In this very house with the leader of the Pharisees, Jesus both heals a man just before our reading today, and he gives the people at this dinner a hard word, a challenge. Don't get me wrong, the hard word that Jesus shares with the people here in, the, in the, this passage from Luke is a good word, but it is a hard word for us because it runs up against something, I think, in our world that is so fundamental to how we operate that I think it's hard for us to even receive it or to notice it in our lives. This thing that Jesus reveals in our passage for today is this desire, this temptation of power and prestige. Power and prestige. Even while the Pharisees were watching Jesus, Jesus was also observing them and noticing all of the social dynamics that were at play at that dinner party. The way the guests were vying for power and prestige and influence as they engaged one another. It says in verse 7, Jesus noticed how the guests chose the places of honor. This was the way of the world in first century Israel, where you sat at a dinner table, the way that you sat at a dinner table often indicated your social status. And so the table at these dinner parties became a place where people vied for power and prestige and influence. And so Jesus, while dining in their midst, simply names this dynamic that's going on in this two-part parable that he shares. The way of the world is the way of vying for power and prestige, often at great cost to others. In our gospel reading for today, Jesus is naming 
the transactional culture that we live in. The transactional culture that we participate in where everything is about getting ahead in life, about securing for ourselves power and influence and wealth, often at the expense of others, right? This reminded me of a portion of Gerard Manley Hopkins' poem, God's Grandeur. I don't know if you know this poem. It's, uh, I'm sure we've said it from the pulpit before. It's a poem that begins with, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. You've, you might have heard this poem before. Later in the poem, Hopkins writes, generations have trod, have trod, have trod. All is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil. Now Hopkins, Gerard Manley Hopkins was writing in, in England uh, during the 19th century, during the Industrial Revolution. So his aims in this poem might have been a little bit different than what I'm getting at. But I think that phrase, all is seared with trade, reminds me of this passage. Whether it's first century Israel, 19th century industrial England, or 21st century America, we live in a transactional world where all is seared with trade. And we are wired to see ourselves and one another in this kind of transactional space where we are only out for our self-interest. In verse 12, Jesus says, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they might invite you in return and you would be retained. And you would be repaid. It's a transactional space we're talking about here. Do you see it? Do you see this vying for power and prestige at this table, at this party? Jesus is calling out this practice of inviting people to the table in order that they might get something out of it. When we see the world in this way, all of our relationships are viewed through the lens of self-interest. Of what can this person do for me? And when we view the world and, our, and people in our lives this way, we are lesser for it, church. And we don't have to look hard to find this in our world today. I bet if we opened up the news, if you opened up a newspaper or went on social media right now, I could find you five examples of how this is playing itself out this past week. Or more importantly, I could give you five examples from my own life of how I've sought this self-interest and as I've seen people in the world, as I've interacted with people in the world. We all know this reality, this transactional space that we're dealing with in our world today. We, I would say, have mastered this self-interested transactional culture in 21st century America. Haven't we? But today, in the midst of this transactional culture that we all know so well, we, we proclaim the good news that in God's economy, this transactional way of life is turned on its head. Jesus calls his people away from power and prestige and into the way of humility and hospitality. This is the posture of the kingdom that counters the transactional logic of our worlds. Humility and hospitality. Verse 11 says, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then later in verse 13 and 14 he says, When you give a banquet... Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. To learn humility and hospitality as followers of Jesus 
is to learn how to lay down our power and our self-interest. To lay down that need to have our own way. That's often at the expense of other people. Wendell Berry once said that the more coherent one becomes within oneself as a creature, the more fully one enters into the communion of all creatures. I love that. I love Wendell Berry, of course. But I love that line, the more coherent one becomes with oneself as a creature, the more fully one enters into the communion of all creatures. I think that's a perfect description of humility and hospitality and how they're intertwined. The more we see and understand ourselves as ones who are created by God, who owe our very life and breath to the Creator God, the more we are able to see our brothers and sisters, not as a means to an end, but as fellow created ones, all invited to the banquet table. Not because we have something to offer or because we have some special privilege, but because we are all God's beloved. Jesus is calling us here in Luke 14 to live into the humility and hospitality of the kingdom, where our lives are lived not at the expense of others, but always for the sake of others. Always for the sake of others. Rez, if you are new to our church, you may not know this, but we are a part of a diocese, which is essentially like a network of churches under a bishop. And our diocese, our diocese is called Churches for the Sake of Others, which in many ways is like not traditional. It's a, a very strange name if you're Anglican in all sorts of ways, but I've always loved this name for our diocese. I love the reminder that it gives us Right there in the name. We are called to be a church for the sake of others. This is what Luke 14 is is inviting us into. To be a church that embodies humility and hospitality for the sake of others. There's so, so much more that we could say about this. So much more we could unpack in Luke 14. I could spend all day talking about this. But about what it might look like for us to lay down our power and our prestige in our lives. But I just want to conclude with a few questions for us all to reflect on this morning. What would it look like for us to lean into this invitation to be a humble and hospitable people? What would it look like for us to learn how to walk humbly before our God and to offer to others the hospitality of the kingdom? And where do we need to lay down and let go of the hustle? The hustle of power and prestige and self-interest so that we can truly be a church for the sake of others. Whatever the answers might be to these questions, I think the starting place for us is Jesus, right? The only reason we can proclaim any of this as good news whatsoever is because Jesus lived this good news for us first. Jesus doesn't call us into the way of humility and hospitality. Jesus embodied the way of humility and hospitality as he lived his own life. Remember that we are on the road to Jerusalem here in this story, which means that we are on the road of Jesus journeying to the cross, journeying to the place where he himself took the lowest seat at the table. Friends, the good news of the kingdom is that Jesus' own life and death and resurrection establishes and makes available to us this way of humility and hospitality. 
His life makes this available to us. This is what is offered every week when we come to the table. There's no greater offering of humility and hospitality than what we witness here each and every week in communion. At this banquet table, we are invited to lay down our power and our prestige. We no longer have to vie for these things. We don't have to hustle for power and prestige anymore because the creator of the universe has taken the lowest seat and he invites us to come and eat. He's offered up his life for our sake to come and partake of his life in the kingdom. And so we come simply as those who have been created and redeemed. We come to the table of humility and hospitality and here we find Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.